I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. As the new congressional term begins next year, January, there'll be plenty of newly elected freshman representatives to make their debut on Capitol Hill. And entering that legislative arena is is exciting. Uh, a lot of representatives go in and kind of get lost, overwhelmed, uh, and uh, kind of become part of the process. And so looking at how do you navigate that uh, and avoiding some of the pitfalls that so many new members of Congress fall into, uh, that's a, an important discussion to be had. And I'm really pleased to have joining us back on the program today, John Lawrence, uh, was the former chief of staff for Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, from 2005 to 2013. He's the author of The Arc of Power, Inside Nancy Pelosi's Speakership, uh, a great book, a great read uh, that you ought to check out, some really great insight. Uh, and actually, the last time we had John on the show ended up being the day that Speaker Pelosi announced that she would not uh, run uh, for re-election to be the leader of the uh, Democrats in the House, to be that Speaker of the House, uh, which would have been the minority leader in January. And uh, John gave us some great insight there. John, thanks for coming back on the show. It's great to be with you, Boyd. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, let's let's jump right into this. You uh, had a piece in The Hill uh, talking about 10 rules for success for newly elected members of Congress. Uh, we always say focus precedes success in everything, and in no place is that more clear uh, than those showing up for the first time as a freshman in Washington, D.C. Uh, give us the first thing that members of Congress ought to be thinking about uh, to make sure they are successful, both representing their people uh, and helping to move the country forward. Well, I think that the most difficult thing for, for members of Congress and incoming senators uh, to do is to make that transformation from a campaign where it's all about them uh, to becoming part of a legislative body where you are uh, working with other people who have very different points of view, very different backgrounds, represent very different constituencies. And so one of my rules is uh, to always uh, remember the difference between being an advocate for yourself or for your own positions and being a successful politician. An advocate is telling you what you want and being a successful politician is getting other people to do what you want them to do. And those are two very different sets of skills. I think a lot of times people will come to Washington, come to the Congress um, with their experiences in business or their experiences in the state legislature uh, or uh, local government. And they always think, uh, well, I've done this. I sort of know how to be successful, how to make a case for what I'd like to do. Um, and so I always tell, tell them in one of the rules of success is assume nothing. Yes. Capitol Hill is not like <laughs> other places, and you really need to devote some time to learning uh, the rules of the place. That doesn't mean you can't try to shake things up, uh, but do it in a constructive way and do it in a collaborative way. And by all means, don't don't look like a showboater. Uh, because uh, that's that's not something that your colleagues are going to are going to appreciate, and you're going to need your colleagues if you're going to be successful. Uh, that that is so true, and and uh, I would always remind uh, new members coming in, you know, be careful. Uh, campaign is different than governing, 
uh, and it's so often that temptation to take those who were great for you on the campaign trail and put them in positions that they really don't belong in when it comes to governing. And then you end up with a double problem. You've set somebody up for failure, putting them in a job that they're not equipped for. And then you have a hard time firing them because they were so loyal on the campaign trail. And I always said, just remember, they worked their guts out for you to do what you want to do. And you not being able to do it because of them is like a, a triple whammy that you just uh, you just want to avoid. So I, I think that's a real crucial one. Yeah, no, you have to make a distinction between the campaign and and governance. And I do tell people be cautious about who you hire. Don't don't fill your staff up with campaign people. Yeah. Um, get a couple of people on the staff who know their way around Capitol Hill, who know uh, what the structure of the place is and who to call. It'll make your life an awful lot easier. You know, I, I'm not suggesting that. Uh, people not uh, challenge aspects of either the organization or the operations of the system. In fact, I wrote a whole book about the class of 74, which came in and really changed some of the mm. uh, the precepts of, of governing in the wake of, of Watergate and this big, uh, this big uh, landslide election in 1974. But um, there's a way to do that in a constructive way and a way to do that in a collaborative way. And then you can also do it in a very unconstructive way. And, you know, what I I saw over the 38 years that I worked on the Hill is that uh, a mistake early in your career can really follow you around. And so you want to get to know people, uh, try to get to know them on a personal basis, get to know some of the senior members. It's one of the reasons Mrs. Pelosi uh, always had a freshman breakfast and they were so popular Mm. it became a sophomore breakfast (laughs) and then another freshman. So that uh, every week, every week uh, on Wednesday morning, uh, members of the freshman class could come in, meet with members of the leadership, meet with chairman of committees and subcommittees who were going to have bills on the floor that week, and really get to know them and question them rather than just you know being expected to show up on the floor as an automaton and vote yes. That yeah. that that you know showed respect for them as as individuals, and and they responded very positively. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, So, so, so important. I want to rapid fire get to a couple of these other ones that, again, a lot of us Mm -hmm. don't really think about in terms of being really crucial. Uh, One of your strategies and tips for success is this idea of becoming the go-to expert on some issue. Uh, I think this may be one of the most important things that you, you get focused on something. When people think about issue X, whether it's lands or water or education, uh, they should be thinking about you. Uh, and I think that's so important to, to get an area of expertise where you can be the go-to person. My, my first boss on Capitol Hill, George Miller from California, uh, said, I remember when we, he was running the first time, 
I want to be the person who, when I stand up on the floor and talk about children's policy, people say, well, it must be true if George is talking about it, because he knows that subject uh, better than anybody else. And and I think, you know, it, the, 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 the problem is, as you know, Mike, Congress is a smorgasbord. There's, an, <laughs> there's a limitless number of issues, and they're all interesting, and you dive in. Get to know, get to be an expert on something and have people come to you. It'll really pay off. Yeah, and that really leads to that kind of uh, legislative entrepreneurship that I, I think both sides of the aisle benefit when you have people who are just locked into an issue and they can be that that go-to. Uh, your last point uh, in all of this is one of my favorite, and that is don't live in fear of defeat. Yeah, you know, look, a politician, and particularly people in the House of Representatives where we live with two-year terms, you're never far away from a campaign. Uh, and look, people have fought very hard to get this job, and they've made a lot of sacrifices in terms of their family, sometimes in terms of their career and in terms of salary. They don't want to lose their, their job. But there are more important things than losing your job. And I remember that after we passed the Affordable Care Act, whether you like the Affordable Care Act or you don't is not the point, uh, a lot of people lost their seats, and people think they lost perhaps because they voted for it. I remember talking to Tom Periello, a one-term member of the House who lost after he supported it. And he said, you know what? If I lose my seat in Congress because I got health care for 30 million people, I can live with that for the rest of my life. I think that's the kind of attitude you need to go to. If you if it's a job you need to have, may not be the job you want to have. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, I say the two questions you should always be asking uh, about any candidate or any elected official uh, is, one, is there an issue that they're so passionate about that if it's the only thing they got done, would it be worth being the end of their time in Congress? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other mm-hmm. is, how would this person make a difference if they lost? And if you can't figure out how they would, what they would do or how they would make an impact in their community or the country, uh, that's also probably not somebody you want. Because if, uh, as you said, uh, if they're always trying to hang on to what they have, if this is the best gig they're ever going to have, every decision is going to be made. Uh, in that lens of how do I hold on to this longer? Yeah, I, you know, one of the great meetings I attended was uh, where Jay Inslee from Washington State, now the governor there, got up and, and people were very terrified about a bill they were about to vote on. And he said, look, I was a great freshman member in 1992. I did everything I was supposed to do, went home, had all the town meetings, talked to all the Rotarian groups and the, board, the school boards and whatever. Uh, they threw me out in 1994. So, what well, my advice to you, and this is like in 2010 or so, is just vote for the vote for the bill if you think it's the right thing to do. Because uh, if they want to throw you out, they'll find a reason to do it. And uh, you know, he got a big round of applause. Some of it were skeptical, but it was absolutely the right message. Do what you think is right. If you cast a bad vote, that's one thing you can you can overcome that. But if you vote wrong on something that you know was the wrong way to vote that's going to follow you around forever. Yeah, you got to have that political courage. Uh, so important. John Lawrence, former chief of staff for Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. He's also the author of the book, Arc of Power Inside, Nancy Pelosi's Speakership. Uh, great read, great insight. Uh, John, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Boyd. All right, again, that's John Lawrence, former chief of staff uh, for Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And uh, I love these 10 strategies that he's come up with uh, for those new members of Congress and it's so critical. Be an expert at something. Really throw yourself into that. One of the others we didn't get to uh, was this idea of learning how the system works. Uh, don't assume that it works the way your business worked or your law firm worked or the city council you were on worked. 
uh, it's unique. So you got to learn the processes, the procedures, the rules, uh, the personalities, all of those things. And uh, and then making sure you're not just out there doing just advocacy work, but you're doing the, the real hard work and heavy lifting uh, of getting things done and uh, moving things forward. Uh, and that's the real test of uh, the effectiveness of somebody in office. And I'll go f- complete full circle here back to our conversation uh, with Representative, or excuse me, with Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. Uh, and that is making sure that you recognize the difference between having a leadership title uh, and having a servant leader stewardship approach uh, to what you're doing on behalf of those that you represent and on behalf of the United States of America. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. Final thoughts coming up on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.